Captain. Let's move. ABC Thursdays. Firefighters, we're family. Station 19 is back for its final and hottest season yet. The subject has explosive chemicals. Get down! With fiery romances. You're the love of my life. And Andy is finally in charge. I'm going to be the best damn captain the station has ever seen. Station 19, all new Thursdays, 10, 9 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. Out of the gates and ready to go. Hot bite with Hunter Withrow underway. Chad, we're live at Outkick.com. Yeah, it's... um. First off, and we recap last week, what Pat McAfee did was ballsy. And Pat McAfee, though, is also a very smart guy who knows when he does this, he's probably going to have the backing. And we know now he's got the backing because Norby Williamson's boss has his back because he's posting photos of him on the sideline of a Colts-Texans game on Saturday night where they're all buddy-buddy. So he knows it's one executive's issue, and that's it. And that's the executive's problem, you know, that has the issue with Pat McAfee. Um, it's... <laughs> I look at this, though, Hutton, and I can't help but think, how many companies would actually continue to function properly with something like this happening? I'm going to give ESPN a little bit of credit here because there are clearly some huge egos at play, and we've encountered plenty of executives, and anybody who's worked in corporate media understands the egos of executives and talent at times. And when those egos start to butt heads – Usually it leads to someone saying, well, he's either out or I'm out and I'm not going to continue doing this job because this is, uh, I, I can't work under these conditions, right? And that's not what happened here. What happened was Pat McAfee made a play. He said exactly what his issue was and who his issue was with. And that's Norby Williamson. He called the guy a rat. He is technically his boss. To my knowledge, Norby Williamson has not said anything publicly about it. ESPN got together, went about their business, and Pat McAfee went back on his show today on ESPN, on an ESPN set, at their Super Bowl, which is the College Football National Championship game, that Adam Schefter's on set with them. Everyone at ESPN is sent to Houston to cover this game for ESPN. And what does he do? He calls him an old hag on air again. And says, I got no issue with ESPN. I'm not trying to get fired. They've been supportive. He points out everyone around the set. And he goes right back at Norby Williamson. And I'm thinking, man, the freedom to do that. But also, it looks okay now for ESPN because they've somehow weathered this storm and got him back on air. But is Norby Williamson just going to sit here and take it and just decide I'm not going to have anything to do and I'm going to be the villain in Pat McAfee's story, and I'm going to worry about Stephen A. Smith and all of my other projects at ESPN? Or is he going to go kicking and screaming into Jimmy Pitaro's office at some point and say him or me? We haven't gotten quite that far down the road yet, Hutton, but the fact we're here right now and nothing drastic has happened is pretty crazy and not really a bad sign for ESPN. I thought it would be lead to a suspension, someone having to apologize, Norby Williamson saying something, a statement being issued. Instead, the only public statement we've seen is Pat McAfee doubling down and seemingly nothing happening to him or Norby Williamson. Well, and ESPN did release a statement saying they would handle internally. Uh, and what McAfee's doing is going public with it. Again, he doubled down today on the Pat McAfee Live where uh, if, he, if I'm Williamson, listen to who he says he's uh, McAfee's cool with and why I, I don't know what office you, you break down the door for and say it's him or me right now because I think you would already know the answer. Not be down here in Houston, Texas yeah. at the national championship. ESPN has set us up pretty good here. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. Have. Now, there were some comments about one particular person at ESPN. <laughs> sure. You know, that I made only on the YouTube ESPN Plus show. That wasn't sure. even on linear TV. What no. was that? I didn't know anybody was going to hear it. Because it was just on digital. And no one, no one does digital. I guess everybody did hear it. It was oh. a topic of discussion, obviously, the entire weekend. Sure. I, and the only thing that I'm, like, super bummed out about it all sure. is that a guy that we like a lot, a man that watched the game with us in the suite, Burke Magnus, yeah. who is currently new guy in charge at ESPN right below Jimmy Pitaro, I guess he was kind of made to look bad because of what I did mm-hmm. and how I did it. I would like to let everybody know we love Burke Magnus. Yep. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Love Burke Magnus. Love you, Burke. And also love Jimmy Pitaro. Yep. Mm-hmm. 
Love Bob Iger. Why? But there is quite a transition era here, you know, between the old and the new. Mm-hmm. New, new, new. And the old don't like what the new be do. You know what I mean? <laughs> so there is certainly going to be a couple of that, but we're very thankful. A lot of people are saying I'm trying to get fired. No way. Whoa. What ESPN has been able to do for us, mm-hmm. more specifically, whenever they do things like this, you have no idea about the crew behind the scenes here that we've been working with basically all year. Not only on game Great. day, but for our show, whenever we're traveling, we got nothing but love for all of these people. Now, there's certainly people we do not like. Certainly. Naturally. And they do not like us. That's how it's going to be. And I don't take back anything that I said about said person. But the overall storyline about us and ESPN, I think people need to remember. We're strong, baby. Bingo. We are strong, baby. And we all understand what the future looks like. There's just some old hags that potentially don't. But we. There's uh, McAfee on on Pat McAfee, uh, the Pat McAfee show. Chad, not only uh, is ESPN trying to back both. If they're handling this internally, one thing they didn't do is tell McAfee he can't talk about it because he's done it now on the very show right after. I, again, McAfee's doing exactly what everyone says but doesn't follow through with. You know, you want to be authentic. He's being authentic. He's being exactly that. And he's not trying to be one, one thing for ESPN and behind the scenes doing something else when he's just linear, on, on linear when he's well, and when, just online. When he explained everything about you know the Aaron Rodgers deal with Jimmy Kimmel and said, we're authentic here and we're just being ourselves and we come from a good place of, hey, we want to get together as buds, right. talk about sports, and just say whatever's on our mind and, and let it roll. And we don't want to hinder that in any way. I, I buy that to an extent with McAfee. I do not buy that he just got on there without a plan and decided to light Norby Williamson on a fire without knowing he had the full backing and support of ESPN. I'm not saying he went to Burke Magnus and said, I'm going to call Norby Williamson a rat on my show today, but he knows in talks with Burke Magnus, with Jimmy Pitaro, that I'm guessing those guys don't like Norby Williamson, and they suspect Norby has tried to sabotage some things because Pat McAfee knows Norby never wanted him at ESPN. So I do think, I'm not saying they said, go ahead and say this. Right. But, but Williams' bosses, one of them is Magnus. Exactly. He knew that Norby's bosses didn't like the way Norby was going about this. But, they, but he also knows, I don't know if he knew that. Maybe he did. He also knows who hired him. And it's those guys. Yeah. Jimmy Pitaro. Uh, Magnus is the, uh, the president of content. They hired McAfee to reach the audience that he's reaching, right? Um. He knows exactly where he is. They're, I mean, they're, they're very... I mean, this, this this contract has just started with ESPN. So uh, what they're paying McAfee, he's doing exactly that. And if someone's sabotaging him behind the scenes, you're going to climb the ladder. And instead of doing that, McAfee went straight on his show and did exactly what he was hired to do. I commend him for it. I do too. And, and with a full weekend to process everything, yeah, especially with the photo that, that went out Saturday night with them at the game together. Yeah. I think less of, oh, man, he's totally fine not being at ESPN, and he's ready to burn it down if he has to, to get what he wants. And I think more of, he's flexing a little bit because he knows that this dude's boss made the ultimate decision even though he was the detractor. He was the one-third of this trifecta that wanted nothing to do with Pat McAfee and since then has not embraced him and, in fact, has outright sabotaged him with leaking it bad information about ratings to make Pat and his crew look bad, and they were just going to go on their show and say it. I, I think it lends a lot of street cred to the show. It already had a ton of it, but it lends some street cred to their show on ESPN, which initially that's what everyone was concerned about, right? How is this going to work? ESPN is going to tell Aaron Rodgers not to talk about vaccinations. They're going to get him to get rid of Aaron Rodgers on the show. Well, Aaron Rodgers... Uh, made a joke about Jimmy Kimmel being a pedophile. And all they did was apologize on behalf of ESPN and call it a dumb joke gone wrong. And guess where Aaron Rodgers is going to be tomorrow? On the Pat McAfee show. And he's going to give his explanation on that show. So I see this as win, win, win for Pat McAfee. Norby Williamson's taking some sizable L's here. Um, This is probably one of the things that people will remember him for because it's the most public dispute and public thing he's been a part of, and he's been at ESPN for 40 years doing a lot of good work and been a part of a lot of shows that all of us have watched over the years. And the opposite, doing the, it's the opposite un- way. It's unfortunate now that because he's it's seemingly kind of a petty old man about this, 
with McAfee that McAfee publicly called him out that when you Google Norby, Norby Williamson now, one of the first things yeah. that pops up forever will be Pat McAfee calling him a rat while he was at ESPN. Unfortunate for him on that, but hey, there are winners and losers in sports. There are winners and losers in life. McAfee winner, Norby Williamson a loser ultimately. I think ESPN kind of a side winner in all of this because the McAfee show gets more credibility. He's going to continue on with ESPN. Everyone's going to tune in and watch Aaron Rodgers tomorrow. Um, not all publicity when it comes to stuff like this can be bad. It can kind of raise the profile of, of everything, and I think it's doing it. Something just to, to ponder as we, we'll get to the, the Black Monday with the coaching changes. Um, there's still something beneath the surface with this. McAfee's still saying he's doubling down on it. He said I'm, there's no apology in what he said. No. Uh, he's not even close. Um, so, I mean, there still is something brewing. And, and Chad, we've been in situations. Things brew behind the scenes before they reach the surface. Absolutely. Right? This is not the first time that things have been discussed in this way or in this manner. Uh, behind the scenes, behind the door with ESPN, right? So, but based on the statement that they're, they support both, they're handling internally. My guess is things have been handled internally for a while, even if it's, you know, off the record chats. And I think you probably have two guys who are expecting apology from the other. And neither one's going to do it. I think Norby Williamson's probably gone to his boss at some point and said, you need to cool it with this guy. He needs to apologize to me. Yeah. And Pat McAfee's saying, screw that. This dude owes me an apology. We're trying to sabotage our show. Because I know he's been leaking information about our show. So you tell him to come apologize to me. So until then, I mean, is I guess it goes away. Right, it's not going to be Howard Stern with pig vomit Wait, over and over again. It, but when, whenever McAfee has shown that he's going to say exactly what he thinks about Norby Williamson and anything else and anyone else at any time. But Stern Stern made a long bit about yeah. his boss at WNBC. Yeah. Right? How it goes as long as McAfee wants it to go, or until the next ratings release. Oh, oh, I mean, or until Norby Williamson. You know, I I don't know. Is Norby Williamson the type of guy? And character that's just going to be okay with being the butt of a bit and a joke forever of Pat McAfee making fun of him. It's not up to him. It's up to ESPN. I mean, the other what 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 is surprising to me is that McAfee doubled down the day after the previous show with yeah. the same sentiment, and we had all weekend. And he was hanging with Magnus, the president of content, posted the photo. It's nuts. It's been a fun story to follow, and yeah. uh, we get more oh, news out of their show. There's a photo. There's Burke Magnus in the middle of all the McAfee guys <laughs> at, at Lucas yeah. Oil Stadium. What a great name, by the way. With a name like Burke Magnus, you were born for management. You were born for some sort of executive status. And there he is at the uh, Colts-Texans game with McAfee. That was a big flat flex on McAfee's part, I, I think, for them to post that. And I even said, uh, as we heard, hey, I didn't want to make him look bad in doing that. Like, we're taunting, right, Norby Williamson, okay. but he's a friend. And he knows exactly what he's doing. And we know he's not a friend. When he posts that. Right. Colleague. Someone's a colleague. Uh, speaking of flexing, we are about to see Jim Harbaugh flex. Playing in the national title tonight. Uh, coaching for Michigan. But also, the connection with the Chargers makes a ton of sense. The job has been open. Staley fired. They had the three other jobs. The three open jobs uh, that we know. Panthers and Chargers, uh, as well as the Raiders. Now we know of two more, as we uh, have the show currently, with the the moves that have been made today, and, and yesterday, but today with the Commanders, yesterday, midnight technically, with Arthur Smith and the Falcons. But Josh Harris, who paid $6 billion to purchase the Commanders, now has a clean front office. They've also fired the general manager, and if you're Jim Harbaugh, you're not just going to go where you're exactly connected to. I'm sure he wants the Chargers position, but you play the game with the billionaires, with the two openings. Atlanta kept their general manager, but Harbaugh's going to command more control. Mike Vrabel, up in the air on if he's going to return to the Titans. Supposedly, he's meeting with Amy Adams-Strunk, the, the Titans owner, 
He wants to make sure that there is a structure in place that's in line with the rebuild that he has in mind. What's going on in New England with Bill Belichick? Commanders are going to trade for one of these guys. They're going to be in the mix, and Harbaugh's name is going to be tied to literally any open job because Harbaugh is going to allow that to go down. And when he ultimately ends up with the Chargers, he's going to end up with more power and more control because of that. Still waiting on news from Patriots, Titans. Should also mention the Saints. Dennis Allen wins in a blowout as the head coach of the New Orleans Saints yesterday. But, I mean, uh, players, Jameis Winston and company going rogue to score a touchdown against Arthur Smith and uh, the Atlanta Falcons. Players going rogue doesn't mean that, uh, to me, Chad, that Dennis Allen has much control over his locker room. If he's telling them to take a knee, they're calling a knee and they don't. Um, and there could be some other surprises along the way. Pete Carroll is saying that he's got a lot of energy left. He still has love for coaching. He's not retiring, so he's staying in Seattle. And we wait on more news. No surprise, really, that Atlanta's open. Certainly no surprise that Ron Rivera is let go, not retained in Washington. And it won't be a surprise when Harbaugh's name is mentioned for literally any opening as we await more. Currently at five. Yeah, and based on all the reports, it's the the two names that you're hearing at almost all of these spots is Jim Harbaugh and Bill Belichick. Washington may be interested in Bill Belichick if he's available. Washington is definitely interested in Jim Harbaugh. Another report today, uh, and I forget exactly who put it out there, but someone linking Atlanta with Bill Belichick also. So, yeah, no mistake about it. You got possibly the greatest coach of all time in the NFL that's available, and a guy who's going to be the hottest name coming out of college with what he's done at Michigan, and who also got the San Francisco 49ers to the Super Bowl. They're going to be the two hottest names on the market. I am shocked that Dennis Allen still has a job. I really thought when we saw that testy exchange between him and Arthur Smith yesterday, I'm thinking these are two guys that are going to be out of a job. One, because his season completely fell apart after his owner gave him a, the dreaded vote of confidence that as long as things don't completely fall apart, he's going to be back, and they fell apart, and you had him on the losing end of a blowout. And then the other coach who disappointed yep. this year and can't even get his guys to run the play that he wants them to run at the end of the game, that could be evidence enough to fire the coach also. Um, it's thought that he, he's going to be back. It's been lighter lighter than expected, though, what, what, for what we could have had, but we still could have more coming. And is there definitive word from Chicago? Not as of right now. Again, we will have more with that. The one surprise could end up being Mike McCarthy. The Dallas Cowboys just won their second division title in three years. And Jerry Jones postgame said with McCarthy, you know, we'll wait and see. We'll see how things go when asked about McCarthy's job security as they go into the postseason uh, to take on the Green Bay Packers. Dak Prescott not wearing the NFC's champion hat or shirt or anything and said, oh, I've had accolades like this before. I'm not going to get caught up in that. We got a lot more that we want to accomplish. And I, I heard that and immediately thought, yeah. oh, yeah, you definitely do. Yes. But the season starts now in the That's eyes right. of, of, of Big Jerry. It starts right now. And this is where you are being judged, both Dak Prescott – and Mike McCarthy is how they're going to perform now in the playoffs. They lose to this Packers team on Sunday at 4.30 Eastern time. I, I believe McCarthy's done. I agree. And um, the, it's – I don't know that even that – just winning that game may not be enough. It may be NFC Championship game or bust. It may be Super Bowl or someone's fired this year. Expectations are high, and I credit Dak Prescott for knowing exactly how high they are this year. Three straight seasons of 12 wins for the Dallas Cowboys. Mike Vrabel was a part of, uh, has been a part of a lot of wins here uh, in Nashville where we broadcast for the Tennessee Titans. Chad, the decision on Vrabel after an, a losing season and uh, a one where they chose to kind of halfway in or out on a, a rebuild, a restructure of their roster. Will Levis seems to be the quarterback, not just of the future, but uh, they ended up being the here and now when Tannehill went down. They end the season, though, with Tannehill and Henry in the lineup. They didn't trade either one of them at the deadline. Brable wants to win. Certainly tired of losing. Hates it. And, well, there's more losing on the horizon, at least in my eyes, because there's a total roster rebuild on the immediate future checklist. And that ends up making this a very 
interesting Black Monday decision because Amy Adams Strunk and new general manager Rand Carthon have both been quiet all season. And there's always been a rumbling about what's going to happen with Mike Vrabel. Does he want to be in New England? Does he want out? Is he asking to be fired? You're thinking this is the most uh, interesting interesting news news nugget that we still don't know about. They still haven't, to my knowledge, scheduled that end-of-season presser. I, I'm fascinated by it, Hutton, because it, it appears that you have not just a power struggle, but this ideological battle that's being waged with Mike Vrabel versus Amy yeah. Adams-Strunk, maybe versus Rand Carthon, but also maybe just Mike Vrabel not having a lot of faith and Rand Carthon as a general manager in this spot right now, but maybe he likes him as a talent evaluator and someone that can help get the organization back, but not the ultimate set. Who knows? But one thing's for sure. You've got this struggle of coach who everyone around the league says would have a job like that if he was gone from the Titans versus a coach that everyone here in Nashville has watched lose a ton of games starting in the back half of last year and throughout this year. And they've lost a lot of close games in very similar fashion. Record's not good after a good start to his tenure in Nashville, yet everyone believes he's one of the top coaches in the NFL and he's going to get a job immediately. So, in one hand, you got a coach going into the meeting with the owner that should be nervous about their job, coming off a big losing streak to end the previous season where they had the playoffs all but locked up could not win the division, could not win the playoffs, and then more disappointment the following year, should be in a situation where he's nervous about his job, meeting with the owner, hoping to sell himself to the owner and the direction moving forward. And instead, what we may have is a head coach who is so cocksure about himself and knows he's going to get a job anywhere else, is going to walk into that meeting and say, I don't like the direction of everything you have going here. Here's how we fix it. These are the things out of my control. Let's get it going in the other direction, or I'm going to be gone, or you need to trade me or fire me or whatever. I'm fascinated by this waiting game, Hutton. The longer it goes with both New England and the Titans, I can't help but think that maybe those two are in conversation at least about what it would take. Hey, are you really that in on, on Mike Vrabel being your coach if you're Robert Kraft? talks with him about it. What What's it going to take to trade for that to happen? A lot of intrigue with both of these spots right yeah, now. Yeah, man, I'm, I'm with you on this. And, and the, the trade discussion would be taking place based off of a conversation that Vrabel would be having with team owner Amy Adams-Strunk. And I don't know if they've actually had that conversation. I mean, does Vrabel want to be there? And does Strunk want him there? Or it could be different answers. But... The dynamic with Vrabel and the new general manager, Rand Carthon, where it doesn't appear to me that Vrabel selected him, like signed off on or gave an opinion on he wanted Carthon as his GM whenever this hiring took place earlier this year or last year. Chad, I'm thinking to myself, he's wanting a certain and and specific path if they're going to rebuild. And... I don't think it includes whatever the the line of thinking, the, the the mantra, the identity is of what they're doing right now and where the, where they're headed. Um, it, it comes across just again. This has been boiling, and it boiled to the, it boiled up to the surface. It's been going on since uh, around the time that he went to New England to get into the Patriots Hall of Fame, where you see him. He's with Robert Kraft, and then right after that, Ben Volen. I had the report out of Boston that he was their dream candidate if Belichick were to leave or whenever he left. Mike Vrabel was the the dream candidate to be the next head coach of the New England Patriots. Well, since then, there have been other reports coming out of the New England area. And it's you know assumed, well, that's just leaks from inside the Patriots. I, this has been going on for a while. And we're just now seeing the national storyline play out where he's either he's coming back and it's a very specific uh, criteria that he wants whenever he comes back. I think Carthon could still be a part of it, but I think others could be too. And then there's, is he fired? Is he traded? 
you've got to trade him if you're going to lose him. But you also have to have the the team that would just say, well, if you want to trade him, we've already we've been following this. You're probably going to fire him anyway. You're paying your former general manager four mil. What do you trade draft assets to the Titans to get Vrabel, or do you go and hire one of these young up and coming coaches that's a coordinator right now? I mean, I would not. Let me answer that. I I, I think it'd be insane if they were to give up a first round pick for Mike Vrabel when they could hire Gerard Mayo. Let's say if you wanted to hire a right. Patriot person that's been around for a while, you could take a chance on that. Mike Vrabel's record is bad the last two years. I'm not saying he's a bad head coach, right. but that would be an extreme risk, even for an organization that feels like they know the guy, to give up that level of draft capital to go get Mike Vrabel, who may get fired in Nashville regardless after these last two seasons. And to give that up in a trade, that would be great news for the Titans. I think they also I believe know. If they, if they actually got something like that, a first-round pick in exchange, and then could go hire whoever they wanted and had that draft capital from the Patriots, that is a win for the Titans if that happens. You know, it's not just the reports coming out of New England, Hutton, that everyone immediately said, oh, this is just the Patriots doing this or saying this. It's what Mike Vrabel said in New England. If you remember, he had that passing comment about, you don't know how good you have it up here. Trust me, I've been other places. There's no place like this place. This place knows how to conduct business and knows how to get it done. Everyone kind of discarded it and said, oh, he was with the Texans. You know, or he, he saw, he's not talking about his current job, surely. I'm thinking, no, he probably is. And there's probably something that set him off. And maybe that something was him not getting his way on something where he thought, he had the ability to get his way on it, and the owner saw differently. Well, I think it's, and there's been a divide since. Yeah, I think it's the structure and the the dynamic of where the, the direction of the organization. It's got it's got to be because he's the former coach of the year with a poor roster due to injuries, and the poor roster this year is not due to injury. It, but you also look at the the direction of the franchise, and he knows if he's if he's back and they suck next year, which they probably will. He's going to be fired. So why? I mean, he's he's also a coach who speaks his mind. And read into it this way too, Chad. What he said in New England, that's exactly why New England would want him. Because he knows exactly who they are and the criteria and the expectation and the Patriot way. That's also why you would bring in someone like Mike Vrabel. That's why you would trade for him. I don't know if it would, it would take now, a first-round pick. I'll say pick. this. You know, Mike, know. Mike Vrabel is big on, I, I want to be here. I think he said this about the Titans. I want to be here. As long as we're in it to win it, right. as long as we're winning. and right. Well, you're not going to win anytime soon in New England, the way I look at that quarterback but situation not, right but now. But you're not going to face the same... Um, Level of pressure going not, into next not, year? I don't, think he's, I don't think he's worried about pressure. I think he's worried about blame. And next year, he'll be blamed for the results next year in Nashville. If it's just run it back, he'll be fired. Next year in New England, he's rebuilding, it, he's rebuilding it his way. Yeah. There's, there's a structure and a path and a, there's a plan. Yeah, I think that's that's what that's what needs to be addressed in whatever ownership and Vrabel and Carthon will be discussing at some point down, down the line. As of uh, 4.30 Eastern time right now, a lot of silence right. from both Foxborough and from Nashville. Yeah, and just talking with people in the organization, it's also just they're kind of waiting around too with that. Uh, playoffs. We get... Some solid matchups and some surprising ones based on the Week 18 results. Uh, looking at the NFC, it's uh, all of a sudden Philadelphia. They've lost five of their last six. They lose uh, A.J. Brown to a, a knee injury yesterday. They also have Jalen Hurts, who has a, a finger issue on his throwing hand. They head to Tampa Bay to take on Baker Mayfield and the Buccaneers. San Francisco, of course, with the bye, but... Uh, Detroit will be hosting the Rams. Stafford back in Detroit. That will be an awesome atmosphere. Dallas hosts Green Bay, who Jordan Love and Matt LaFleur, they get it done. The seven seed win in their end, and they take care of business at home against Chicago. Favorite matchup on the NFC side, Chad? Mine's Detroit and I, I, LA. I think it's yeah, it's pretty simple for me. It's well, you know, if you're looking at eyeballs, it's Green Bay, Dallas, which you know is just going to be a ratings bonanza right. for those two organizations. But it's Sunday night football 
Matthew Stafford returning to Detroit. Yeah. Detroit is my darling team. Uh, Detroit and Cleveland, two organizations that have not had any success. Uh, you root for them to finally have something good happen for them. So I want to see Detroit do some good things. And the full circle moment of everyone talking about the Detroit Lions fan mentality, watching Matthew Stafford win that Super Bowl in year one after the Cabo visit, right, with Sean McVay, the trade going down. And you're thinking, man, this is a guy we supported, we loved here in Detroit, and he goes away, and you just feel so bad because the idea is, man, I just had to get out of Detroit, and then it was Super Bowl. Won that trophy the moment I got out of uh, this wretched city and this terrible organization. And then Jared Goff to just get thrown out uh, with the trash and say, hey, we know you got us to a Super Bowl, Jared, but see ya. You're not the one to win the Super Bowl. Matthew Stafford's that guy. He wins it. And now to get that chance of, I don't know if justice is the right word, but man, it feels like a big level of vindication for what Dan Campbell has done for the Lions if they can now beat Matthew Stafford and the Rams after that trade, after the Rams won their Super Bowl, on their way to big things in the playoffs, I'm rooting like hell for the Lions to get it done. It's a cool story. Yes. Uh, In the uh, AFC, the Bills power back in late November and through December. They win on the road in Miami. They clinch the AFC East. That means they'll be taking on uh, later uh, this week Pittsburgh. They're hosting Pittsburgh at home. And with the loss, not only does Miami lose the uh, ability to host a game, they go on the road to Kansas City, where it is going to be probably the coldest game of the year. Expected temperatures extremely low in KC, the game that will be uh, streamed uh, exclusively on Peacock. The schedule uh, throughout the weekend on Saturday, Cleveland They hit the road to take on Houston after Jacksonville. They lose in Tennessee. Houston clinches the AFC South because of their victory in Indianapolis. Miami and Kansas City on Peacock at 8 o'clock Saturday night. Sunday, Pittsburgh against Buffalo. Starts at uh, 1 o'clock Eastern on CBS. Dallas hosts Green Bay. Detroit and Los Angeles, the nightcap on Sunday. And then Monday, Tampa Bay hosting Philadelphia with a lot going wrong with the Eagles. It's going to be freezing in Kansas City, and I must say I do not have a ton of faith in Tua right now in this Dolphins team, and especially with him at quarterback. I am losing faith by the week in uh, their ability to win big games and win in the playoffs. I like the Chiefs. Uh, I like the Chiefs, really? battle-tested, and um, I, I, even with all their offensive problems, I do not like the trajectory right now of Tua Tungavailoa with that Dolphins offense. Yeah, so that game Saturday, it is uh, 13 degrees, and it will uh, feels like temperature, Chad, of one degree. Hutton, uh, you love feels like temperatures. Yeah, it's going to be one. Just make it the temperature. It will be one. Here's the crazy thing about feels like temperature. It it could could just be the temperature that maybe it's it's going to be one degree. That's Hutton. That's what we're going to be saying. <laughs> one degree in Kansas will City. Be one degree. Uh, Philadelphia, one of the losers from Week 18. The big winners, Steelers and Packers, uh, for getting into the postseason. But Philadelphia, who tried to win this game against New York, they lose A.J. Brown to a knee injury, and Jalen Hurts, uh, among a, a, a group that's banged up, they're going in dead on arrival. And Jacksonville, the Jaguars, win against the Titans. Win against the Titans on the road, and you're in. Trevor Lawrence, shoulder issue, whatever. you got to win that game. And, Chad, they weren't close. They didn't, they didn't play like they wanted it. And Houston, ha- Houston wins the division. You're AFC South champ. Jacksonville flies back home, and they're done. They're sent packing. What a, uh, I mean. Lethargic effort by, yeah, by they, them. They just, uh, they just went through the motions. Yeah, we were both in the building for that one, Hutton. Two years ago was when the Frank Wright coach Colts team went to Jacksonville, lost to a terrible Jags team, right? The end of the season? Yes. Where they were, they had a, an interim coach after mm-hmm. Urban Meyer was fired. Yep. And remember Frank Reich's reaction to the game uh, on the Hard Knocks in-season edition and how awful it looked for them? I, I had memories of that moment watching the Jags perform yesterday. And I'll say this about Trevor Lawrence. He's had moments 
where he has looked like a guy who is a transcendent type talent coming into the league. Yep. But overall, he has been disappointing. I agree. So far as an NFL quarterback, and I'm not going to sugarcoat it. He was damn terrible yesterday. And watching him up close, that fourth and three, where he's not even pressured, and he's throwing it to a receiver who's covered, and not only is he throwing it to a recovered receiver seven yards over his head and 90 miles per hour with no chance, gave his team no opportunity to convert a must on fourth and three and to lose the game. Him going rogue and trying to go Air Jordan into the end zone on an audible and falling short, it was terrible yeah, I, from I think, Trevor Lawrence. I think in a normal game where it's not win and in, he probably is inactive. I think that, that, that some of those throws, errant throws, were based on the shoulder issue. It was just throwing shoulder. But he still played. He had to play in that game. There's no doubt about it. But uh, that team's got to pick up the slack. Well, the one he's going to want back is the one where he uh, he on. had the nice throw to Zay Jones oh, for yeah. the one long touchdown. And then either the I think the second last drive of the game, he's got him for a touchdown and just overthrows it a little bit. Yep. Coming up, Senator Tommy Tuberville will join us. We preview the national championship. Michigan and Washington Talk some ball with the coach, Senator Tommy Tuberville, next. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Got your happy price, price line. Hot Mike with Huddy Withrow rolls on across the Outkick Network. Glad you're with us here at Outkick.com. And glad Senator Tommy Tuberville is with us. The coach joins us. Great to have you back on. How are you? I'm doing good. Thank you. Up in the clown show. Uh, <laughs> yeah. We've been off for about three weeks and uh, we got back today and we can see how much more we can screw up in the next uh, next few months. Well, the, the uh, circus is back in the town. Circus, is what you're saying. Clown, clown show. show yeah. Clown show could also be described uh, for the college football season in some ways, uh, with all the behind the scenes discussion and what took place in Michigan. Uh, but at least it's more entertaining and uh, fun to watch uh, play out. Uh, we get the title game tonight, uh, and I in what should be a great game. Yeah, yeah, and, and that is a game. The problem, what goes on up here, is about yeah. life. I mean, <laughs> you're futures, right. It's futures, but no, I tell you, I watched the. The playoff games and uh, a little bit, uh, of course, we all watched Alabama and it's just the ineptness of their offense and couldn't get the ball down the field, couldn't protect, they couldn't block anybody. And, uh, uh, you know, I thought their offensive line was probably one of the best going in that Nick's ever had, uh, but they got exposed, uh, really got exposed. Quarterback got exposed. They tried to run all those RPOs. It didn't work. But Michigan's a good football team. They they've got a good offensive line and good running back. And but Washington, I think everybody across the country saw, and and was asking the question, why did this guy not win the uh, the Heisman? My goodness, I mean it. Uh, We're with. I mean him. he he really looked good. And I tell you, I wish they would change the Heisman situation now that you have your top twelve team next year. Just wait to after the season and then pick the number one player. Uh, uh, don't do it in December when you're just kind of guessing at it because you're going to be embarrassed probably at the end of the year when you have the top 12 teams playing a playoff system. I've heard so many different responses from coaches, players, anyone around football about Connor Stallions and sign stealing from not a big deal. We used to do this, this, and this back in the day to go get signs, not really giving you much of an advantage to, oh, this is way above and beyond what anyone does and trying to get signs. And it did create a huge advantage, and it's cheating by Jim Harbaugh, his staff, and, and Michigan. Where do you fall on this debate, uh, Coach? And, and where do you see Michigan being measured years to come now when people look back on this season with everything involved? Well, first of all, the head coach is responsible for all of it. And you can't dodge that at the end of the day. If you go back and look at the Patriots with all the problems they had, you know, with the the ball uh, flight and uh, the deflation and, and everything went on with it. At the end of the day, it's the head coach's responsibility. Same thing in college. Now, all these coaches are making a lot of money, and there should be a huge fine for something like that. And I, I know uh, everybody wants to punish the entire – the whole team doesn't need to be punished. But, you know, if you got a head coach making $10 million, there should be a, a huge fine 
that brings that down to reality going, hey, we shouldn't even think about breaking any kind of rules. If I'm if I'm the head coach, you're going to get punished. Uh, I don't want to pay all that money. But, uh, you know, we're going to something's got to be done. And I think at the end of the day, a lot of people are saying, why, why did Michigan make the final four when all that was happening in this year? It, it, it could have had uh, an effect, you know, all the steal, uh, stealing of signs during during the year. But I don't think you should really punish all the team uh, uh, per se. But I think the head coaches need to be punished. And I, I'm with you on the of the fine. I'm I'm cool with that. The and you know is better than us. But on Capitol Hill, Senator Tupperville with us. Uh, the the idea of process and how how long it takes to get anything done. Uh, I mean, if you're going to find a coach, the fine would be. Hand, hand, it would be you'd get it three or four years from now based on the investigation that, that I don't understand the process and why it takes so long to get something done when the Big Ten can actually hand out a suspension on their own within a couple of weeks yeah I mean they should be able to investigate any rule violation now uh, almost immediately uh, get to the bottom of it uh, but in in my tenure as being a head coach I, I saw there were times when it took three or four years for people to to get a penalty when everybody else was gone, whether yeah. it's because our players, and they penalized the team coming in. It did, did, doesn't make a lot of sense. And uh, uh, the NCAA, of course, I never was a big fan uh, because of, of the little things like that. And that's not a little thing, but, but uh, you know, being the, being the factor of the rules keeper, I mean, that's the biggest thing the NCAA, is, to me, has is, is, uh, failed on in the last uh, 50 years. We know Jim Harbaugh's got a lot of reasons to get out of Michigan and get to the NFL with what could be coming down the road with the NCAA and everything else and already served six games worth of or seven games worth of suspensions this year already. But a lot of reports that he, he's likely headed to the NFL. What, what do you think about that move for Jim Harbaugh? And, and you, Senator, as a former coach, if you're coaching in today's landscape of, of college football with open transfer portals, NIL, and everything else, would you be in a similar boat where if you had an opportunity as a lifelong college coach to get to the NFL, would you jump at the chance to go to the NFL right now? Well, they've done a pretty good job hiding it up to this point, but I think there's a lot of there's a lot of smoke, so there's got to be some fire there. You know, Jim's been there quite a while. They tried to run him off, what, three years ago? Yep. Uh, he couldn't, uh, and then he started beating Ohio State, which always helps, obviously, when you're in the Big Ten and at Michigan. Uh, but uh, he's been in the NFL before. I think he sees the difference now with all this NIL. I think you could see, I'm not saying Nick Saban would leave. I think he's to the point where he's just about ready to get out, you know, maybe in a couple of years. But I think you're going to see a lot of other uh, coaches that's going that have had success in college start looking maybe at the NFL because of the, uh, the NIL, the transfer portal. You can't build a team that's going to be with you for a while. You might have a successful year, then everybody leaves you. Then what are you going to do? I mean, it's just... I don't know how they do it again. I'm not there anymore. Uh, but it's uh, we've tried to have Joe Manchin and I tried to try to do a bill. Of course, Senator Schumer wouldn't put it on the floor, but we tried to help NCAA and all the colleges. This was basically their bill. It wasn't wasn't ours. We got all the information from what they thought would make it better. But uh, we can't. Of course, we can't get anything done up here. Uh, you know, we, unless we're spending money or starting wars. Well, how? From the from the coach's perspective, Senator Tommy Tuberville with us here on Hot Mike. Um, why why do we see the 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 line in the sand on college coaching, NFL coaching? Why don't we see more success from college coaches who make that jump? Uh, of course, Harbaugh was there and he's been been there, done that. But it's few and far between. Because it's more coaching in NFL. Uh, in in college, it, it used to be more recruiting. Players win games. Uh, if you get in the NFL, you better know what the hell you're doing on offense and defense. It's about organization, putting together staff, but there it is very complex. It is they have dumbed down the college football. Uh, they've gone to this uh, duck and chuck offense on on everybody's level in terms of high school and then college, and it's going to hurt the NFL by the way because these quarterbacks who are the number one player to go into the league really helps you be successful. You don't have those coming out anymore that can read coverages. Uh, you know, the coaches see what, how they're lining up on the sideline. Uh, you know, they signal the play in. Uh, yeah, I can remember back in early 2000s, or really when I was University of Miami, 
we had a lot of players uh, when I was with Jimmy Johnson, Dennis Sirk. We had a lot of players, but we also coached the hell out of them. And uh, they were able to go from college and be successful in the NFL because they understood football. They don't do that anymore. I mean, it is a dumbed-down version of high school football. And, uh, again, I hope it doesn't affect NFL and affect the product, but I think it will. I think you're going to see – uh, less and less quality quarterbacks come out that can really run a football team. Did you ever have any desire to coach in the NFL? Obviously, a long and successful college career, but did you want to make that move at any point? You know, not really. I was offered a job uh, when I was at Miami uh, be linebacker coach for Cleveland Browns. Actually, Saban was a D coordinator and Belichick was a head coach. And I, as I told Nick and and uh, – and the, the people there, listen, I got a better job here. We don't lose. University of Miami and you guys are in trouble. Uh, it uh, And, you know, I had Ray Lewis and Warren Sapp. I mean, we, we, you know what we were back then. We oh, were yeah. loaded. Nobody could beat us. And But I never really uh, – again, it's – and I, I heard this from several coaches that went to the NFL that I worked with. NFL is about owners and players. Coaches are pawns in between. And they will fire you to sell five more season tickets. Or, or a player gets mad at you and he goes to the owner and said, listen, I'm out unless this guy's gone. Well, uh, is what it is. And so, uh, you know, I, there's a lot of good owners in the NFL, but there's a lot probably that's, that's not very good. And the ones that are good really are the ones that usually stand out. And uh, But, again, I love football, and I like to watch college football. I like to watch pro football, and I'm looking forward to the playoffs. But, uh, no, I've had a lot, of, a lot of coaches that I've worked with go up, and they really enjoyed it. But I, I never got to that point. So whenever you're not in the middle of a debate or writing, trying to, to, to author some legislation, whatever it might be, how do you get your football fix? Uh, if you're at lunch, you're probably talking politics there too. But what do you do to get back into ball whenever you miss it? Oh, well, you'd be shocked if we're what we call the cloakroom. It's a room right off the, the floor of the Senate where you go in and sit down and there's things that drink or whatever, and you can make phone calls. You can discuss things uh, personally with, with other people. Everybody wants to talk men and women want to talk about football. Uh, they want to discuss what happened to their team. What do you think about their coach? Uh, are we, how are we going to be next year? Who's going to win the game? Uh, I enjoy it. It makes the time go a lot better up here. If it wasn't for football, um, uh, in sports, uh, you know, I, I, our whole country would be bored. And we, and, and what you guys do is awesome. You get to talk about it all the time. Yeah. Unfortunately, unfortunately I used to get to do that. Now I get <laughs> get to do some and not some. But tonight, I've got a bunch of senators and congressmen coming to a cigar bar. We're going to watch the game together and and really enjoy it. And uh, and they'll get into it. Uh, it's it this this will I think will be an interesting game tonight. I'm I'm looking forward Same. to it. You mentioned the men and women like to talk football. They like to watch football. Unfortunately, men and women also now like to participate in women's boxing. Apparently, uh, because USA Boxing has a ruling where transgender women can compete in women's boxing. Uh, another what seems like a foolish decision, Senator. What are your thoughts? Oh, it's 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 asinine. Excuse my language. Uh, I just it really makes me mad to see what we're doing and what the Biden administration is doing to Title IX. You know, last year on Good Friday they passed uh, a, a, a so a bunch of regulations, 116 pages to change Title IX, uh, and it was supposed to go in effect this year. Of course, they can't get their ducks in a row. They we hadn't got the text from them on that, but it's just it's just it's sad to see this and and if. One of these young girls or girls gets hurt in this boxing, which it's going to happen. I hope somebody gets the pantsuit off of them uh, because, uh, and it goes back to the people that made this decision to allow this to happen. It's not right. It's not fair. And it's really unsafe. We all know that in, in every sport, because there's a difference. There's a big difference. And there's a reason we hadn't done it for hundreds of years. And now all of a sudden this group thinks that we should do it. And it's, uh, it's going to fall back on them. It's going to make a big difference in, I think, the election this year. We, uh, this group, uh, I, I do not understand. There's no common sense to this whatsoever. Think about the uh, the dominance of Leah Thomas making the jump into uh, the swimming for and against women and tying Riley Gaines for the national championship. And then the dominance versus what ranked in the 400s, I believe, at, at the time, yeah. competing against men, uh, men against men. 
in this case, boxing, uh, it's obvious, isn't it? That the guys... Well, it's, it's contact. I mean, it's, you know, sure. swimming, you're not hitting MMA. each other in the pool. Right, exactly. This is uh So, I mean, if it's brutal. not common sense to people in the pool, I don't know how it's not based on that result in boxing, MMA, whatever it may be. Yeah, and I saw a, I saw a video the other day of a of a young man uh, fighting one of the the stars in women's boxing, and he hammered her. I mean, it was just it was brutal, and he just I don't know. They're just again we we've lost touch with with reality. Uh, we want everything everybody to have an opportunity, but my goodness, and when it, when it becomes unsafe. You need to think about it a little bit more than just going out there and saying we we need to do it this way. I I just feel bad for women's sports because we're going to lose it because there's not going to be any women boxers. It's going to be over with, and then we're going to lose the same thing. And whether it's basketball, what if LeBron James wanted to play women's basketball? My gosh, I mean it's just it's sad. Yeah, I mean it's a man against uh, women there too. Uh, hey, uh, who do you have tonight? Who's winning? Yeah, you know, I like Washington, but I've watched Washington's defensive line last week, and uh, they're not going to match up with that offensive line with Michigan. I think Washington will score some points. Uh, I, I, I think they, but they'll have to, they're going to have to outscore them, but I don't think they can. I think Michigan's going to have ball most of the night because their running backs and their offensive line, I think, will dominate Michigan. And, and again, I hope it's a good game. I hope it's not a runaway, but, uh, uh, the quarterback from Washington and the receivers are going to, going to have to have a great game to stay in this game and could win it at the end if they do that. But uh, what I saw the other day, him, the accuracy he has, I think they got a chance to do it. But boy, when you got to run, I'd take a running game over anybody, running game and a defense, and Michigan's got both. We haven't uh, been selecting Washington all year. They've been the underdog. They continue to, to prove us wrong. I, I, we, we agree with you, though. We, we're rooting for Washington and their story. Yeah. Hey. Senator, thank you so much for the time. We love talking ball with you uh, any chance we can. So uh, we, we appreciate the opportunity. All right, guys. Thank you. Thank uh, you. Senator Tommy Tuberville, coach. Loved, uh, oh, those are some really good Miami teams. He how was about a part the, of how about he was the, going through some of those names. I was thinking back to those teams. The cloakroom. That sounds awesome. Also the cigar bar tonight. Yeah. This is going to be the name of the private club that Hutton and I open up in downtown Nashville. The cloakroom. Yeah, it's it's going to be this studio. We're going to re, we're going to repurpose it at some point, and after hours, it will be a private <laughs> cigar bar, only open to senators. That's going to be it. Visiting visiting dignitaries of all kinds to Nashville. Welcome, all of you, <laughs> plebes everywhere else. <laughs> Don't even try to knock on the door. Don't even try the secret knock on the door to get into our private club. Coming up, the very latest uh, from the NFL and uh, the playoffs. That how the scenarios. And week 18 played out here on Hot Mike.